Hello everyone, my name is Daniela Lake and this is Life Told by a Stranger. Life Told by a Stranger is a podcast where we hear about the diverse backgrounds, experiences, hardships, and dreams of people who have lived different walks of life. I started this podcast two years ago when I was 15, and listening to all these people's stories helps me embrace my own uniqueness, and in turn, I hope it can help you embrace yours. This season, on top of the regular interview questions I ask my guests, I asked them each to choose a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay on self-reliance. This quote either parallels a time in their life, their advice to others, or more. Self-reliance talks about embracing who you are, society's effects on the individual, being a nonconformist, and so much more. Today, I'm here with Jody Smith. So, Jody, tell us about where you were born. I was born in Colorado Springs, Colorado, 1944. It had a lot of military, the Army, the Air Force, and the Navy, even though it was a small town. And uh, I grew up there. I was the youngest of five children and uh, born into a family that was financially poor and stayed that way. Uh, that my oldest sister was born with multiple birth defects because my mother had red measles when she was pregnant. And then uh, youngest of five, I was born with defects, multiple cleft palate, hair lip, cleft palate defects. So they had two children that had uh, what was considered handicaps to be taken care of. And I far as I know, at the age of six months, I had surgery where they closed up the palate and uh, the hair, hair lip. I'm familiar with cleft palate. I remember when I was a little girl and the elementary school I went to had flyers around that showed places to donate to help families who can't afford to get surgeries for their children with cleft palate. I wasn't familiar with hair lip. I searched it up and it's more commonly known as cleft lip and cleft lip and cleft palate occur when a baby's lip or mouth do not form properly during pregnancy. According to the CDC, one in every 1,700 babies born in the United States are born with cleft palate, one in every 2,800 are born with cleft lip, and one in every 1,600 babies are born with both. Uh, Growing up, in Colorado Springs and and being in a family that did not have uh, financial security was difficult, but there were state programs that helped pay for medical care, like surgeries, dental work. I had 10 years of dentistry when I was young. And uh, one of the things that I found that both for both my sister and I when you're born with birth defects, that in that day and age, in 1944 and younger, because she was nine years older than me, people thought you had to be retarded, that you couldn't be all there mentally. We both suffered the effects of that. Uh, I had, uh, like I said, dental work, and then I had speech therapy, so I learned to speak uh, more clearly when I was really young. 
only my sister could understand me. <laughs> she was my interpreter. And uh, I would get teased by others for the way I looked and the way I talked. So I did not have a very good image of self-worth. I just had been teased and everything so much that I didn't think much about who I was mm -hmm. or how intelligent I might be or not be. I'm 75 now, and I've spent a lifetime learning my worth. So that relates to your quote, let a man know his worth. Yeah, and keep it under your feet. In other words, know who you are. Let a man then know his worth and keep things under his feet. Ralph Waldo Emerson. I'm pretty content with who I am right now. You know, a lot of times I wasn't. I had anger issues because I was angry at God. You know, why are people born this way? And I didn't accept it. When I was young, I thought, this isn't right. That guy over there looks great. They got lots of money. They got what they need. We're poor, and we have a lot of problems. And uh, when somebody would say, well, that's the way God made you, well... That didn't set too well when you're a kid. You know, God made me. Why did he make me this way? Nobody could answer the whys. I had a lot of why, why, why. So I became a searcher in life. And so I was always seeking to know why was I born, where I was born, in the condition I was born. And so it turned me into a person who spent a lot of time especially as I got older and out of school, searching who I was and uh, why. And I had my own answers for myself. I don't know that they would be answers for anyone else, but I studied different uh, theories, beliefs, as to why I did I decide to be born into this body and live with the effects of a birth defect? And if so, why did I decide to do that? Or... As some people would just say, ah, oh, you know, it's just accidental or whatever. But I, to me, things had to make sense. They had to have a reason as to why I did it. So I did a lot of introspection. When I was 16 years old, I had some plastic surgery that uh, the surgeon in Denver, Colorado, we drove up once a year for several years until I was old enough. And he did some surgery to correct a malfunction in the mouth. But in the meantime, he also did a little plastic surgery to make me look better. And when I came out of that surgery, because up till that point, I just, I blamed everything in my life on the way I looked, the way I sounded. And uh, at that point, I realized afterward that, okay, I look better, but I'm still the same. And then I realized that I had to look and make changes that I wanted. And that was when I became uh, more of a searcher even yet as to who I was and why I was because uh, it wasn't the way I looked. I couldn't blame everything on how I sounded or how I looked. I had to look within. I had to make changes in myself and try and figure out things. 
So I studied really unusual stuff. I studied Edgar Cayce uh, beliefs and writings uh, on Edgar Cayce, the sleeping prophet. Edgar Cayce, also known as the sleeping prophet, like Jody said. Edgar Cayce was born in the late 1800s, and he focused on holistic health and treating illnesses and a whole lot of things. In his writings and work, he shared tools for healing, spiritual growth, dreams, questions for the universe, and like I said, a lot of things. Casey gave psychic readings for more than 40 years of his life. If you're wondering why he was known as the sleeping prophet, it's because he could put himself in a sleep state that tapped into what is called the superconscious mind. I studied about uh, reincarnation, karma. I studied, uh, and for years I studied various things. But at the age, around the age of five, actually, I'm going to regress a little. We got to see the old film, The King of Kings. In those days, they showed this film in the school. And in those days, you had Christmas pageants in the schools. Uh, And I saw the healing work that Jesus did. And so healing was also of vital importance to me. And I wanted to know, as the years went by, I wanted to know, how did he heal? How did Jesus heal? How was their spiritual healings that he did? And I would search. I've studied many different avenues of spiritual healing, mystic healings, energy healings, and sound healing. There are some things that uh, worked for me. Uh, I discovered at a young age that I could sing. And so I started singing in talent shows when I was in sixth grade. And I sang in the talent shows in a small town. And even after uh, later, after I got married, I sang in community choirs, uh, college choirs, and just did a lot of singing. Singing for me was an outlet for the stresses and uh, emotional issues that came all through my young years. And it was also a way to connect with other people. And so I was interested in sound healing because when you're singing, you're doing sound work. Then sound is a vibration and you're vibrating every cell in your body when you sing. So these were all aspects of finding out my worth because I feel like as time went on, I realized that, that the creator of this universe gave me the ability to sing so that I could withstand all the other stresses of the birth defect and the beliefs that went with being born with a birth defect. Because I could sing, I could do something that was of worth. And it became a big part of my identity as a young person and as an adult. But still, I had to work on me, knowing who I was and where I fit in the universe, because I still believe it is an orderly universe that we live in, and everything has a reason, and everything has a purpose. So as life went on, I spent a lot of time working with family. I have come to realize that family was one of the biggest focus in my life. 
I didn't go to college because, for one thing, I didn't feel smart enough because I didn't have, still had self-image problems, and I had them. I believe that if children are emotionally upset and distraught and stuff with things when they're really young, they don't learn as well. And so I missed out on some of the vital learning that I could have had at a young age had I not been uh, swamped with the misunderstandings or birth defects at a young age. So I didn't feel I could go to college and really graduate and do anything like that. And I, my ambition was at one point in time was just to get a job, to get married and have a family. Essentially, that's what I did. I wanted to marry somebody who had a college degree and was a good person. And therefore, my mother, who had worked very hard, didn't have much time. I didn't want to do that with my children. I wanted to be able to spend time with my kids and not to be working as hard as I saw my mother do. So I achieved all of that. And I had two daughters. An awful lot of my healings related to dreams which I had a lot of dreams that I used to keep dream journals. One healing I had in a dream when I was pregnant with my second daughter, I woke up in the night with pain in my back and I could not move. I went back to sleep and I dreamt. When I was dreaming, I dreamt of, there was a singing group called the Lennon Sisters. They were on Lawrence Welk show. They sang in harmony and they were singing in harmony and they stopped and they told me, we know what you need. And they handed me a piece of bread. I took a bite of that bread, and instantaneously I felt the pain leave my body. I woke up, got up. I had no more problem with that. Now that's an instantaneous healing, and it was all a spiritual healing. It wasn't even based on a religion. So if you were to write an autobiography, what is one story you would have to include? Well, the biggest one is the one that happened to me when I was 16, because that put me on a whole different path in my life. Then I knew it was up to me to become what I wanted to become as much as I could. And I, you work through your fears as the years go by. Uh, I knew I had all those fears, and some of them I couldn't overcome, like the, the fear of the education. I just, it's like coming up against a brick wall and you can't go through it. There were certain fears I could not overcome, but I just would plow on. We have to educate ourselves and keep ourselves educated to what is going on in the world today. So I've read a lot of what I would call political science books. So I believe in continual education and educating ourselves. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Life Told by a Stranger. Stay tuned for part two of Jody's episode coming soon.